You're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosky. The weekly podcast for geeky goodness. Now here's your host, Rico. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're about to hear another episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is show... 830, 830 episodes. It is August 22nd, 2021, and today's topic is going to be uh, a one a show that's an old favorite of mine. I've talked about it on a couple of shows before, but I haven't done I I haven't done a whole podcast about it. Well, it's only going to be about half the podcast because I always talk about other stuff first. But I am talking about the Wild Wild West. Not that Will Smith movie, but the original TV show that uh, aired in the 60s, you know, pretty much around the time that original Trek aired, give or take a little. Um, It actually started uh, about a year prior to original Trek. But um, yeah, this is the Western kind of spy series with uh, Robert Conrad and Ross Martin as Secret Service agents. I love this show. I used to watch it all the time when it was on in reruns, and and uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. I'll give you a little background on it and so forth. But um, the um, yeah, I yeah, I guess that's probably mostly it. I, I'll, I'll talk about some other things at the beginning, and so hey, let's get going. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, be me. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. Again, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hope everybody's doing well, staying healthy, safe. Uh, doing what you can to uh, beat COVID. There. <laughs> I'm trying to adjust the volume. For some reason, I think it was kind of high at the beginning, and now I've dialed it down maybe too low, or I'm also talking a little lower. Sometimes when I first start the show, it's it takes a while for my voice volume level or whatever to uh, hit a happy medium. So again, welcome. Uh, the other thing, you might occasionally hear a little piano in the background. My wife, Lynn, has been... Um, We've we've had a piano here forever. She recently got it tuned again, and she's been um, practicing. She's been taking up the piano again. She's, uh, I you know I I took lessons when I was a kid, and I can I can I didn't take lessons for a long time. My brother plays pretty well and took lessons a lot longer than I did, but uh, Lynn plays well. And uh, anyway, so if you do hear a little piano in the background, that's what that is. And I feel like something's in my eye right now, <laughs> irritating it, but. It's probably because, and if I sound a little nasally, I apologize, but up here in Michigan, I always say up because I always feel like everybody lives <laughs> at lower latitudes than me, or or is it greater latitudes? Lower. Lower in number, yes. Um, but uh, we've had a, uh, a bit of a heat spell, and it's still ongoing, so we've had our AC on, our air conditioning, which is good to have when it when gets into the upper 80s with a lot of humidity. 
I've said a few times that I, I like hot weather, but it, you know, we have a two story house, bedrooms are upstairs. So it's a little, gets a little warm up there if it's days like this anyway. So we've had the air on for several days now. And, uh, I think it's it, sometimes air conditioning kind of affects me, gets me a little, uh, not, I wouldn't say congested, but a little nasally. I feel totally fine. I'm not sick or anything, but uh, if you notice a little difference, that's that. And I was outside a little bit this morning. I, um, As I've said over the last few weeks, probably about the last month at least or more, well, preparing for even prior to that, but I'm... Um, I'm building kind of a, an area to put some arcade games, uh, those these big full-size arcade games that they've been building the last few years and putting out by a couple different companies. I've gotten a couple of them so far. Uh, I think Rick Moyer kind of inspired me a bit. I think we kind of both were looking at these things. He's got quite a few. Anyway, so part of our basement had been let's just say been kind of a bit of a dumping ground. Most of my basement is finished off, probably about two thirds of it, maybe a little bit more than that, that I did years ago. And part of it was for like a workshop that I didn't really finish off with some shelves for stuff, let's just say, and comics. I had many, many boxes of comics. So I've, um, I got a storage unit, um, you know, a self-contained 10 by 10 storage unit a few weeks ago, about the end of July. And I've been moving things over to that. Uh, I just took a load of things over there today. So I've been clearing out stuff, trying to make some room for these games. I actually just got a new one yesterday. There's um, there's Arcade 1-Up makes uh, quite a few. And there's another one called At Games. I think it's AT Games. There's a, they have, um, they call it a Legends or whatever. I don't know if that's the name of the unit or whatever that I got, but. Essentially, this one, though, is a, it's a little bigger in size than the arcade one-ups. And this one is kind of a multi-arcade where basically it comes with several built-in games and you can, through like a USB stick, you can add uh, and play other games. So, and, and most of the typical game controls are on the console type thing. Like there's the little ball thing for things like Centipede, Missile Command. There's, of course, joysticks. Uh, there's a spinner wheel type thing, I think, on there, too. Uh, if you know arcade games, you guys know what I'm talking about. Of course, there's a bunch of buttons. I it's It just came yesterday. I had it delivered, and I'm going to probably assemble it later today. But I'm pretty excited about that because that should um, – you can even play pinball on this one uh, as well. It's a little different. It's not, like, designed or set up kind of like a typical pinball machine, but you can play it uh, because there's some – this particular version that I got via Sam's Club has little buttons on the side for flippers. Or I, I don't know why my voice jumped up like I was going through puberty again or something. But the um, they have these digital screen versions. You know, there's no real moving parts, but they've been doing these arcade one or arcade. Or, duh, uh, they've been doing these pinball uh, replicas. So they're like basically a digital or computerized version of a pinball game. You've probably seen those. Heck, I think even Windows had a pinball game in it years back, or maybe you had to get that somehow extra. I don't remember. But point is, you can do these digital pinball uh, games. And this this unit that I got can do pinball as well. I still am very tempted. I, I, I missed out. It came back in stock at I think it was Walmart. There's a Star Wars. I think Rick's got this one, Rick Moyer. Um, there's a Star Wars pinball 
machine from uh, Arcade One Up. They've also done a, uh, I think it's a Marvel comic, Marvel comic version uh, of a uh, pinball machine, digital pinball. So the Star Wars one is probably what I'd like to get. Although when I looked, uh, it was out of stock. But then this this multi-cade thing was in stock, which was uh, kind of amazing because I didn't. I thought it was never going to be in stock again. They, you know, Sam's Club. The reason I did that, and I don't really go to Sam's Club, but they had a special edition one that had the added the arcade flipper things and all that. You could get that as an add-on, but it cost extra if you wanted to get the regular unit. But with Sam's Club, it all comes in one package. So, all right. Well, I don't know if you're interested in arcade games. <laughs> I used to in college, uh, and even after college, I used to, even in the early days of uh, home video machines, arcades were were fun places. They're they're not as nearly, uh, let's say, around anymore as they used to be. With everybody having phones in their pocket that can do games and computers, of course, and and PlayStation 5s, if you can find one, you know, there's a lot of different ways to play some pretty sophisticated games. These are truthfully, if you get these these arcade game replicas where they're replicating old games like that Star Wars one that was even in, that came out in the 80s in, in arcades uh, or Space Invaders or all that, they're, they're very, very low, you know, visually you know low grade graphics and things like that but there's a lot of nostalgia and and the gameplay itself is still a lot of fun so i'm i'm working to basically clean and and revamp an area in the basement for all this and i'll probably end up with maybe at least one more machine maybe two i probably have have room to put in i have two right now well not counting the the multi-cade i just got so i have three i have space invaders that star wars one and not Star Wars pinball, but Star Wars, the one where you're shooting TIE fighters and that. Um, and then this multi-cade. So I can probably fit about five or six in the area I'm clearing out. It, I would love, I've been kind of haunting Facebook Marketplace, and I, I would love to get a uh, a real machine, like a, a real arcade machine that works and you know, for anything, even like an, a real pinball machine. I love pinball, It you know, with a little steel ball floating around in there and or, or something. Those things are kind of massive, and they're also. I'm worried that even if I got one that was working, it could, you know, what if it breaks or something happens? I mean, I could have this dead pinball or game, you know, arcade game or whatever. But, but they've had a few that have been tempting. You know, some of these, some go for, <clears throat> excuse me, some go for thousands, some go for, you know, maybe. Five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred in that kind of realm, a um, thousand, that kind of stuff for a real arcade game. I mean, these replica ones, you can get them for as low as you can get sometimes deals. Like I think the Space Invaders one I got, uh, the arcade one up, I think that was $199 on sale or was it $150? $199 or $150. They usually typically, when they first come out, are usually like three, four hundred. The multi cade one from Sam's Club cost a bit more, but it can do pretty much any game. Uh, that that's you know arcade game from the past it can do so so that's going to be nice to be able to have that flexibility and i'm really looking forward to playing uh things like old missile command centipede and that those games were fun i love that ball kind of concept as a controller that's a lot of fun so hey i'm gonna need to get to get a little drink of um, drinking vitamin water this morning i had some tea already but 
and I will be back. I'll talk a little bit about a couple of movies and things that I've recently seen, a couple of things related to television, and uh, and then we'll get into the Wild Wild West. Hi, this is Robin Curtis, and I played Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek 3 and 4. You're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, I am back. Um, I've been kind of... Uh, we're in a bit of a somewhat of a lull for television, although there are some things on. I what have I been watching? Ted Lasso, not sci-fi, but great show. There's a new show uh, called Mr. Corman. I think I may have mentioned that before. It's not really sci-fi. It's with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, that's on Apple TV. There, DC Legends of Tomorrow. Um, that is still airing. We just finished Superman with the Superman and Lois finale. It was just this past week. Great show. Really, really great show. You guys should all watch that. I put up a little post with a little video clip on the Facebook group. By the way, I'm going to just slide it in here. If you want to support the podcast, that's over at patreon.com forward slash Trex and Sci-Fi. And I appreciate everyone that does that and a dollar or two, whatever you guys feel like, um, a few dollars each month that goes a long way to helping me, uh, keep the podcast going. So again, thanks for that. And um, yeah, so what else is still airing? Uh, Supergirl is coming back now that Superman ended. They're bringing that back uh, and it's going to be its last, I don't know how many episodes are left, but it's its last season. Flash ended. This is all CW superhero shows. Oh, Stargirl is back, which is a fun show, much more um, kind of family-ish oriented in a way. I mean, there's there's heroes and villains a little bit in it, but it's 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 kind of a retro show. I really like the first season. I think it's got a lot of uh, nice qualities to it, and it's quite a bit different than the other CW shows. And there are teenagers that are kind of taking on the mantles of like their parents or what you know, a little bit of you know, they're like the new Justice Society. Uh, if people who know comics know that there was this old team before the Justice League called the Justice Society of America that the kind of older versions of heroes were were in there. Uh, like Alan Scott, in, you know, instead of Hal Jordan, Alan Scott was Green Lantern, you know, and, and things like that. Um, there was an older version of The Flash, you know, in, instead of Barry Allen. And, and anyway, um, so these kids in this show are kind of taking on um, – becoming the new justice society i should kind of say yeah the first season was good this season is i think we've had three episodes i think it's three maybe only two two or three um but yeah i've been watching that um working my way through some things on netflix a little bit and other streaming services not a lot there going on i'll talk about a couple of movies though i wanted to mention i i was talking to some friends uh online about this a little bit but there are are quite a few movies on like Prime, Amazon Prime, uh, that aren't very good <laughs> sci-fi kind of older things. Well, not even older. Sorry, I, I should rephrase. Some of the older stuff is better. But um, I watched this one. I had to space it out over a couple of nights with Bruce Willis called Breach. It's basically about a colony ship sent off from Earth because Earth has been pretty much used up. A very common sci-fi trope, I would call it by this point. And, and anyway, when uh, it's just so low budget and just so cringeworthy, there's this it's basically sort of an alien ripoff a little bit. There's, you know, this thing that gets aboard the ship and there's a little almost like the Walking Dead element to it a little bit. It, it just, it, you know, 
a lot of it has to do with just the production value. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm the first one to say production value isn't everything, but when it's this bad, I, I, I mean, they have these, I'll give you one example. When they're shooting these guns to try to stop these bad things, I, I won't spoil it if you really want to watch it. Anyway, breach on Amazon Prime. But they each time they shoot a gun, there's this huge, like, white, like, muzzle flash, you know. And I don't – I'm not a gun guy, so I don't know what a gun looks like when it when it fires, you know, or a rifle or whatever these guns are in the in this show are supposed to be. But it doesn't do this. It, it doesn't create this very fake-looking, big, white, bright, like, cloud around it. And, and it's just terrible-looking. They would have almost better to just have like a little bit of a puff of smoke or something, and and the noise of a gunfire. That I don't know why they decided they needed it, but there's quite a bit of gunfire in it when they're trying to fight the bad things, and it just looks hokey, and it just really messes. Like it's like, and Bruce Willis is in this. You know, he's been doing a lot of pretty low budget, pretty low level. And hey, I admire the guy. He's like Nick Cage. You know, he'll you know keep working, do anything. Samuel L. Jackson kind of had that reputation, although I I feel like he's gotten his movies are at least I've enjoyed them. Even Snakes on a Plane had had a lot of fun in it. But um, but anyway, be careful when you're watching some of these movies. Uh, I watched or tried to watch um, a couple other things over the past few weeks. I've actually stopped movies partially through just because it's like, oh, my gosh, this is not good at all. And uh and there's just, yeah. So maybe I'll just go back and watch, you know, some old TV series. Uh, I've been wanting to actually go back and watch all of the remastered original Star Trek. Uh, it's kind of on my list to do. I may even start doing it like maybe one night a week. I'll, I'll play a couple of episodes or something like that. But see, I have not. Here's a, here's an embarrassing thing. But I haven't watched all of the. I've of course original Star Trek. I've seen the original episodes before the remastered ones, countless times. Can recite them backwards and forwards, and all that. But the when they remastered them with the new effects and everything and and high def, I didn't watch all of those. There's there's quite a few that I have not watched. Uh, I've been kind of watching them back when I was kind of doing audio commentary. Although I've gotten through most of the episodes, so there's only a few. I should get back to that um, sometime. Do some more commentary of. I've been doing it a bit more of the recent shows like Discovery and Picard, but um, but I do want to sit down and watch all the remastered versions of the original series again sometime. And on Paramount Plus, I think I think they're all on there on Paramount Plus. So I need to sit back. I don't even need to pull out a pull out a disc or anything out of my closet for for doing this. So yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll watch one tonight. Um, I do love the first season especially. So it's a it's a good you know, a good place to start, you know, when you start with the early episodes, uh, those, those are just such classics, uh, balance of terror, you know, shore leave, uh, city on the edge of forever. I, I mean, it's just, there's the enemy within, I mean, I, you know, just the menagerie, the first pilots, you know, both pilots, the cage and where no man has gone before. I mean, great stuff. So yeah, I, I need to do that, but and what else do I want to say before we get into the Wild Wild West? That's probably it. Been enjoying comics. I've uh, I've got a lot of comics in the storage unit now, and uh, there's been some uh, good stuff lately. 
I, I'm reading much more DC than Marvel, uh, but um, but yeah, that's although. <laughs> There was a week, a couple of weeks ago at the comic shop, the new new comic day is on Wednesdays. I swear there were like 10 new, 10 Batman books or something like that. DC, you know, new Batman books. Not like necessarily new Batman series, but just like, oh, look, Batman's in that book. And then he's got his regular books that he's in. Like there's a black, Batman Black and White, Batman Urban Legends, Batman, just the Batman comic. Uh, Detective Comics is Batman. I mean, it's just like, guys, I, I, I like Batman. I, I, he's probably my favorite DC character. But, I mean, enough. Come on. Let's not have everything Batman. Please. Okay? You can come up with some other stuff. Use some of those other characters. All right, we're 20 minutes or so into the podcast. Let me take a short break. During this, I will play the theme song, which is amazing, uh, to the Wild Wild West, which is great, uh, great series. But here is the theme music, credit music. I made a commentary recently that I, I miss credit sequences. Uh, I think I talked about this a few times, but I do miss credit sequences. I, I know that they try to keep episodes, you know, episodes length these days like back in the day of like the wild wild west and original series star trek those those episodes are like 53 minutes 54 minutes it's why they got had to get chopped up so much in syndication because they wanted to shove more commercials in so they basically have to you know they basically took six seven eight whatever minutes out of each episode to shove in more commercials Modern episodes, modern television, a normal network show, 41 or two minutes-ish, something like that. You know, it's it's kind of ridiculous, really. I, I, I'm so glad I have a TiVo or, you know, with digital DVRs and things. So Because I still watch network shows, like I just mentioned, you know, Stargirl and stuff like that, where I record them, but I can zip through the commercials. And it's a ton of time, you know, on, on a current show. But back in the older days... Shows were much longer. You know, they had very, you know, much less. Can you imagine an hour show that being like 53 or 54 minutes and there's only like six minutes of advertising? Wow. <laughs> oh, those were the days. All right. So I'm going to take a break and play the theme song and I'll come back and talk about this great series from the 60s. <laughs> theme song to the wild wild west <clears throat> excuse me all right so this is the 1960s television series 19 actually 65 it premiered on september 17th 1965 and ran through april 11th 1969 <clears throat> ran for four seasons 104 episodes total which is really incredible uh like i was saying about the show length Earlier, the number of episodes shows would do back then in the seasons were even greater than now. 
you know, this is how it breaks down. There were 28 episodes in season one, 28 episodes in season two, 24 and three and 24 and four. Um, it really was uh, a very highly rated show. It did amazing. You know, keep in mind you had Star Trek, you had Lost in Space, you had the Wild Wild West, you, you know, you you had these really amazing, and Batman that, you know, even though it was campy, you had some very, very fun action adventure type shows in, in the 60s running on TV and I really miss the, you know, I, I don't think we have a lot of those. I mean, we have a lot of, I, I love comics and I love superhero shows, but I miss this kind of a show, a, a more adventurous, maybe something with a little spy flavor to it. I, I talked about that, I know, on the podcast not that long ago. Uh, just, yeah, there was that show, Whiskey something or the other, what was the name of it? Whiskey Foxtrot or something. The uh, There were a couple of secret agent types uh, from a couple of years ago, one of the Maggie from um, Walking Dead, whatever her name is in real life. I'm sorry, that's terrible. But, um, but I miss this kind of a show. We we don't really have a lot of this. You know, we have some police dramas uh, and things. We had that new version of MacGyver, which sort of I tried, but I just couldn't do it. You know, but this this kind of stuff is just not not very. It's not really common to do this. I mean, it takes a lot, for example. All right, let me give you a, before we, I talk just, I, I become all nostalgic and say how I miss these, uh, this, these older shows. So let's give you a little bit of background here. Uh, if you guys, I, I, I'm wondering how many people who might be listening don't know this show at all. I, I got to believe most of you guys know it, at least somewhat, have seen an episode or know of, know of the show. Maybe you've never really watched much of it. That's it's always been my goal when I do shows like this is maybe this is something. I mean, if, if you're already a big fan, this is fun to listen to me talk about it. But, it you know, a big part of always doing Treks in sci-fi for me is always to trying to point out things that other people might have kind of been like, you know, I never try, tried that and, and give you a little bit of a taste of it in a, in a short period of time. Tell you what I think about it, what I like about it. And, and so on, and, and maybe you guys will seek it out. It is out on, I don't know if this show is streaming on any service. I'll try to look before I finish the podcast. I'll, I'll take a break at some point here, and then I'll, um, I'll take a look. But it's definitely available on, on home DVD. I don't think it's out on Blu-ray, which is unfortunate. I wish it was. Uh, I'll double-check on that, too. But um, So uh, let's give you the little Wikipedia blurb here. Um, I've already told you, you know, when it ran, number of episodes. The Wild Wild West is set in the 1870s and deals with the exploits of James West, played by Robert Conrad, and Artemis Gordon, which is a cool name. (laughs) James West is a cool name, too, but played by Ross Martin, two agents of the United States Secret Service who work directly under the command of President Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, James West is kind of a uh, James Bond of the West. You know, he's got the same name, first name, James. I don't know if he ever, uh, like said, you know, I'm West, James West. I don't, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, he was kind of the, the action-y guy, the Kirk of the show, uh, a bit of a ladies man. Um, and Artemis was the more kind of intelligent, uh, 
partner of his. He has a master of disguises. He also was the the show was very gadget heavy, which was cool. It's it's a very much basically the, the the way to sum it up in a sentence. It's James Bond set in the West, the old West. So, um, but Artemis would make some of the gadgets. They they had their own little private train of a few cars they would travel around on. Uh, which was which was cool. I mean, gosh, living on a, a train in the West that's your own. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty much just the the coolest, right? I I, I feel at least at least personally for me. Um, uh, there was a lot of gunfire, gunplay, uh, a lot of stunts. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, Robert Conrad, famously, you know, kind of a Hollywood tough guy. By the way, he just pa- he just passed away. I think about a year ago in 2020. So, uh, I mean, I loved Robert Conrad. Most of the shows that he ever did throughout his career, I watched. I was a big, big fan of um, the world. Uh, sorry, what, what am I trying to say? Um, yeah, the World War II show. I, I, I blurbed that out or whatever. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Uh, where he was Pappy Boynton, the real life uh, uh, flying uh, ace. Uh, in the South Pacific uh, during World War II, uh, I, I I think I've said before, you know, I have I have two grandsons now, and he w- because of watching that show, which was in the seventies uh, with Robert Conrad. I'm I'm diverging for a quick second, but he formed the squadron of these young pilots, and he was the old kind of seasoned uh, pilot. He he had he had flown uh for a while and so because he was older than all the rest of them they they kind of gave him the nickname pappy so i my my oldest well the youngest is too young still he's only like three months but the oldest bryson uh i i adopted the name pappy so he calls me pappy which i love so it's it sounds a lot better than grandpa which is yeah it gives me the creep not creeps but (laughs) i like pappy all right, enough about that. So Robert Conrad, I followed his career, and this show, this was certainly the, the first show that I saw him in uh, back in the day in reruns, watching him. Uh, his exploits as James West, I mean, he would get in all these kinds of uh, situations and then have to get out of it through gadgets or just punching the guys out and, and, and breaking out of something or whatever. But the um, the first season especially is pretty pretty serious, and... I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of um, kind of almost eh, I wouldn't say darkness, but there's it, it, it's it's suspenseful. Uh, the first season, by the way, I should also point out the first season. It's a little different. Um, the first season was filmed in black and white uh, and uh, later three seasons in color. It has sort of a different both because of the black and white in the first season and the tone. It, um, it it has a little bit of a different. I feel like it has a different feel to it. Um, the there also is a little bit of, of uh, they were broadcast out of order a bit that versus when they were filmed. Although that was kind of common back in the day. It even happened with Star Trek a bit. Um, also, there was a lot of. I'm not going to get into a lot of it, um, but I'll I'll talk a little bit about it. There were some people that were worked on original Star Trek that ended up working on the Wild Wild West. Fred Freiberger, for example, uh, who kind of came in in th- season three of the original Star Trek. He was involved in Wild Wild West. Um, and also Gene Kuhn was also uh, involved at, at some point, too. 
Uh, let me go back, though, a little bit. I got a bit of ahead of myself. Um, the uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the background more on this show. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to go back to my Wikipedia entry. I read a lot of this before I started the show, but it's easier to 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 go off of this uh, little little blurber uh, here. Anyway, um, uh, it was developed by a guy named Michael Garrison, uh, and this guy uh, he created the show. Uh, he kind of had a it's it's a very sad situation though. He he died actually during during the show, not not like in the show or something like that. But he had a, a bad fall, a bad accident, and he and he died. I I think it's trying to remember what season that happened in hang on one second i'm going to pause here real briefly yeah so uh, there was a lot of behind the scenes struggle uh the guy who created the show garrison michael garrison had never really run a show before budgets were a bit of a problem things like that uh so he got he ended up getting replaced uh there was a lot of conflicts behind the scenes with cbs and him so I, i was getting to the so Garrison got kind of removed, but then he came back. And I guess Ross Martin especially, uh, you know, was very happy that Gar- Michael Garrison came back uh, because I, the report that I'm reading here, this this says Ross Martin actually tried to quit like three times <laughs> during the first season because he was really unhappy with the way the show was going. Um, but then Garrison came back and started the off the the filming in the in the you know working on the the second season, but on August seventeenth, nineteen sixty six, which would have been just prior to season two starting on air, but they they were filming the the ninth episode of of the season of the of season two, and Garrison felt ended up falling down a flight of stairs in his home, fractured his skull, and died. Really a sad story. So, you know, basically in the between kind of seasons or during the first filmings of the first episode uh, episodes of season two, uh, the creator of the show died, which that's, that's very sad, very sad situation. So, but they brought in some better people, people that worked better with Robert Conrad and, and, and Ross Martin. So things kind of got back on track pretty well and they were able to do a, you know, do the show uh, the way they wanted. And, you know, it had its ups and downs and things, but, this show also, uh, I'll, I'll just bring it up at this point, I guess. Um, this show did kind of what uh, a little bit like the Batman 60s show did, where they had some reoccurring like villain-type characters. The biggest one, of course, who was in a whole 10 episodes, was Dr. Dr. Miguelito Loveless, uh, the, the uh, short-of-stature actor Michael Dunn, um, who also appeared in you know the episode... Uh, Plato's stepchildren. Uh, he was a loveless. He was this basically sort of an eccentric genius. I, I never really uh, viewed him as as like all that m- truthfully all that menacing. But he he was a bit of a madman. But but kind of uh, I was almost going to say he's sort of like the Joker in Batman, but not nearly you know in a way is is ruthless or violent. I never really thought. Um, but anyway, he was kind of their main nemesis. They had other ones. Uh, as well during during the show, uh, but uh, he was he was the biggie. But they um, Victor Bono, for example, who was also in the Batman show too, he he made a couple of appearances in this. 
uh, Richard Keel, who was in uh, Moonraker, uh, he he's in this. He's he's the uh, uh, kind of this character. This really uh, they they got this, and I think um, Richard Keel was like seven foot tall, so they put him next to Loveless. He was sort of like uh, Loveless's big, you know, kind of bodyguard assistant character. So they'd have Richard Keel, seven foot, and Michael Dunn, who. I'm not sure how tall he was. He, was, I, I don't think he was even four feet tall. Um, uh, but um, and they would have this giant guy next to this very short of stature guy, and it was a very nice kind of dichotomy between the two of them. I thought, um, but yeah, this this is uh, a, such a product of the '60s when you think about it. James Bond was was really popular then. You know, James Bond is still popular. Um, spy novels, this kind of thing, action adventure shows on TV, like I already mentioned. A lot of things um, went into this. I'll talk a little bit more about the production, where it was filmed, things like that. The show ended up having a pretty good-sized budget. Um, but, um, but yeah, I wanted to play. I'm going to slide in here. I found this on YouTube. It's about three minutes or so. But this is a interview. I'm not sure. Let's see. Okay, here it is. It, it says it was filmed in 1989. So this is a little bit of a brief interview with um, Robert Conrad talking a little bit about uh, the Wild Wild West. Uh, and it was just something I ran across and I found on YouTube. And I, I thought I'd play some of that. And I'll try to play a couple clips from the show, too. But um, the thing about this show is that a lot of the clips I'm seeing here... I could pull out some of my DVDs and pull things off, but um, you guys can find them. The There are a lot of um, fight-type stuff. And then there's a lot of gadget-type things where he's building like something. He's pulling little things out of his shoe or the collar of his jacket uh, and and building something out of it, which is just usually just that Wild Wild West theme music kind of playing. So it's not a good audio type of thing to play on, on this, but... Um, all right, here here is like I said a bit of this interview with Robert Conrad from 1989 talking about uh, the Wild Wild West. Let's go back to Wild Wild West for a second. Who can forget that incredible show? Special Agent James West, mm -hmm. duly appointed. Ross Martin, your uh, the late Ross Martin, your co-star of that show, mm -hmm. uh, was once quoted as saying, "I do all the acting. Robert does all the stunts." A fair appraisal? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, of all the books that have been written, and there have been many and some coming out now. Uh, matter of fact, I just read one. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fair appraisal. Ross was a wonderful studied actor. He was a lawyer before he became an actor. He was uh, an outstanding musician. He was in a show called Mr. Lucky where he played at, uh, Andamo, wonderful character he created. Then he came into the show to do the disguises and the makeup, which I thought he did magnificently. And I became the athlete. And uh, I don't know if they ever compared Ross to Barrymore, uh, they probably could have, because Russ was a magnificent actor, but I'll take the comparison to uh, the other guy we just talked about. Douglas Fairbanks. I'll yeah. take Doug Fairbanks. Oh, I'll take that. Any day of the week. <laughs> you actually discussed with me before that uh, you were a witness to him saying that. He was on The Tonight Show. You were watching Right. It. Well, I watched it. I like Russ. I liked him as a man and as a co-star. I respected him. Right. And when I knew he was going to do the show, because I liked him, I was a fan of his on set and off I watched him. Tuned in. Now I read while you were doing a Wild Wild West that uh, you didn't believe you should have been getting so much money for it and that you gave most of it away. 
No, I didn't give most of it away. I squandered a lot of it. Uh, I've never been motivated by money. Uh, I think I'm a man of higher principle. Uh, I made it and I spent it. Now, was it my imagination, this is just personal for a second, or did the fight scenes in Wild Wild West... You mean this West... whole interview is impersonal? That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is the personal question? This, no, this I, is oh, it. Good. We're cutting to the quick here. All right. It seemed like the fight sequences in Wild Wild West were a little bit hyper-speed. You, you, unless you had 12 <laughs> cups of coffee before you hit the set. But it seemed like when those fight sequences came on, you were really flying through midair. Yeah, we were. And um, uh, what we were doing was choreographed, rehearsed with some of the finest stuntmen that have ever graced uh, a movie set. And we had an ensemble company. The same stuntmen played the bad guys through all of the 102 or 104 episodes we did. I don't remember, two or four. And uh, the audience, those that were diehard fans, knew that it was the same stuntmen. We'd take off a mustache, add a mustache, put in gray hair, put in a skull cap, so on and so forth. So they were real. I think they share uh, in the success of the show as much as Ross Martin or myself or, or uh, Mike Garrison, who's also with God in the clouds, I like to call it. Um, who created the show. I think it was a lot of people making something that we're still talking about 25 years later. Yeah, I think that's a nice little bit of an interview there. I, you know, I always, just like I thought William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy were, you know, friends and from doing the show and respected each other that, you know, it's nice to know that Ross, Martin, and Robert Conrad were good, you know, friends and, and respected each other too. You know, working on a show like this, I think you have to, and I think it comes through in the episodes. I mean, they they were partners on screen there, uh, and and the chemistry. And I think again, same thing in Star Trek. I, I, this you need to be able to get along well with your your co stars, and I think any any television series that's had a good cast that seems tight. It shows through. Another good example, I, I feel like, is uh, Firefly. Uh, you know, they, there's just something that you can't you can't just act. You you have to sort of like the people you're working with. I think TNG was like that. I think the original series, especially the main three actors, at least, had that. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it comes through in the Wild Wild West for sure that these two guys really liked each other and liked working together. Um, the show definitely had a lot of rough patches, though, behind the scenes going on. A lot of changes in background, producers, management, you know. The, the, I already mentioned about the creator dying, you know, between kind of the two seasons. Um, so there's a lot of that going on, a lot of battles there going. The um, and, and both the actors really had some significant things happen health-wise, too. A big one, of course, Robert Conrad, and this is pretty well known. The um, he did basically his stunts for this show. They wanted to get a guy that could do stunts. He was supposedly like the seventeenth person they they looked at to do to play James West. But there was a scene in um, I'm trying to remember what episode or it was pretty early in the season. I'm trying to find it here, but um, he basically was he. Robert Conrad did one of those chandelier things where he jumps up and kind of swings on a chandelier and he fell um, and he and he had a terrible uh, fall from way pretty up high and, and basically fractured his skull, was out for a while. Um, after that, they, they did for some of the really, really intense scenes, 
Um, they did use stunt doubles. They had a couple of guys already that could double them, but Conrad liked to do his own things. He did still do do did his fights and things after that. Um, but but again, it's <laughs> it's dangerous stuff. And even back then, I think I don't think probably they had the safety precautions that they probably do would do these days. Um, and then the other thing with Ross Martin, he um, he he ended up um, he broke his leg. I think I'm reading here. Yeah, he broke his leg. Uh, basically, he dropped a gun on the set and then kind of tripped over and broke his leg. So he was out for a while. And then he also, I think, yeah, during the filming uh, of the last season, he also had a heart attack and uh, was out for a while. And they had replaced um, Robert Conrad. I don't never got replaced in any episodes by anybody else, but um, they brought in another guy to play basically West's partner for for a while when Ross was out with with some of these things that I've mentioned. So there was, you know. It wasn't an easy, <laughs> smooth sailing uh, run of, of four episodes, or sorry, four episodes, four seasons of 104 episodes. Uh, a little bit about the um, the show itself and filming in that. It was filmed at CBS Studio Center uh, in Studio City in San Fernando Valley. There's a 70-acre lot in that area, you know, that they would do a lot of the old uh, Saturday morning serial westerns in. So they would... They filmed things like Gunsmoke, Rawhide, Gilligan's Island, uh, Wild Wild West, obviously, and they did some things on on stages, on on sets and stage sets. You know, like the the train that they did. Of course, they had some exterior stuff that they did with different trains, but primarily when they're in their train car, you know, getting ready to go on a mission or meeting up with somebody to tell them what's going on or something like that. Um, that's all on a set. You know, that that's that train car is built. Just like the bridge of the Enterprise was built, I, I'm doing a lot of comparisons to that show because of them being filmed in the same time frame and era. Uh, but um, but yeah, so there, you know, a lot of location shoots, a lot of on these western, you know, where all these westerns were filmed. We don't get westerns as much anymore, but um, but there are some. And uh, so, by the way, if you if you want to watch a really good mo- sort of modern western, I would call it about a sheriff um, based on a series of books. Watch uh, Longmire. Katie Sackhoff is in it, but uh, that show is fantastic, and not just because Katie's in it. <laughs> I you guys know I'm a fan of hers, but it's a, it's a really good show, and, and there's a lot of stuff with um, Native Americans and 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 the 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 sheriff has to deal with. Um, th- reservation living native americans in the show i i'm not going to tell you that much this isn't going to talk about that longmire show but it's a great series so check that out if you like westerns and you want to watch a a more modern uh version uh but um but yeah so a lot of things happen during the course of this show um i'm going to talk a little bit i want to play this clip i found another a clip of um uh, michael dunn as as loveless that i want to play for you guys uh, a bit of this, a few minutes, and then I'll come back. I want to talk a little bit about um, how the show uh, fared in the ratings and how it kind of ended and that kind of thing. But here is a clip from, uh, this is, um, I think, one of the later episodes, one of the later appearances of Loveless. I'm not sure which episode this is, but something I just came across on YouTube, and I, I just like Michael Dunn playing Loveless so much. He's, he's just great. So uh, listen to this, and I'll be back in a few. Uh, come in, gentlemen. Come in. 
Sit down, Mr. West, Mr. Gordon. Not in the chairs. On the floor. You mean at your feet? Exactly. But that's no discredit to your pride, Mr. West. Soon the whole world will be forced to look up to Dr. Miguelito Loveless. You've said that before many times. And I say it again now, Mr. Gordon, on the floor. <laughs> Very good, gentlemen, beautiful. Always in tip-top condition, huh? But I'm afraid your marvelous display of skill was unnecessary and a bit impulsive. And impulse can bring about the most terrifying consequences. The death of Princess Wanaki, for one. And then what happens to your precious peace treaty? Huh? I don't believe Chief War Eagle would appreciate your killing me under the circumstances. That's right, Jim. How nice to talk to you eye to eye. I want to see the princess. Oh, you shall, you shall. She's a pretty little thing, strong-willed, stubborn like you. But I didn't want you here to powwow about some Indian princess or to talk about the peace treaty or to smoke a peace pipe. No, I wanted you here to destroy you. Yeah, that's a good clip with Michael Don as uh, Miguelito Loveless. Yeah, always always fun to watch him on on the show. A couple of things I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, the the title sequence was was pretty cool and pretty unusual for this show. Um, and uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page, also there's a whole list, a ton, a long list. I'm not even gonna read it all, but of all the gadgets in the show. Uh, you know, one of the most common ones is is James West would carry around this like sleeve activated little Derringer gun. That was very common. He had a little knife in his boot. He, he would have little things slipped into his small little jacket he wore. Um, I also remember, you know, he he complaining about how tight James West pants and costume was in the show and when he did all these stunts you know that he would rip rip those pants open pretty pretty regularly <laughs> they weren't they weren't super flexible and i don't think the main title theme was by a guy named richard markowitz uh, uh, really really great music uh, in the show it really sets the the theme um but that title sequence, so the thing that I wanted to mention about it a little bit was the the cool thing about that is they have these little images on. If you guys know the sequence, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's about four images, I believe, um, in the during the title sequence. And what this show did that I thought was always cool is that at, at the end of each act, um, basically, they would freeze frame and a little picture from where they freeze framed would – would end up in one of those images from the the main title sequence, so and they would slowly get replaced throughout the the show, um, which I thought that was a really cool concept, and I really liked it a lot. The other thing that this show did was all the episodes, except for one, I think, have the, the they're called the Night of Blah 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 something. I think there was one episode that that they they dropped off the night. The, the sorry, they dropped up the word the, and it was just night of the something or the other. 
like the night of the big blackmail, the night of the Kraken, the night of the diva, the night of the simian terror, <laughs> the night of the returning dead, the night of the falcon. You get the idea. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the the other thing that was happening, though, during this whole time in, in this era was there was a big push by um, the government uh, and 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 Congress, I guess, got involved. I'm not going to give you all the little details. The National Association for Better Broadcasting. Um, just a lot of places basically were pressuring the network, CBS especially here, to cut back on violence. Um, and there's a little period of time in the in this show where they did try to back off on the violence a bit. There weren't as many fist fights. Um James West wouldn't carry a gun. He would have a gun maybe hidden or something, but he wouldn't be actively walking around with a gun on his hip. And it, it, I, I've said it probably, I'm sure, on this podcast many times, but, you know, violent video games, violent television, movies, whatever, I, I don't feel if you're basically a, a well-adjusted individual, and I, I don't think anything of that creates people to be violent. It, it's it's fantasy. Uh, you know, is for someone who's maybe not as well adjusted, well, they probably shouldn't be watching this stuff then maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't have the answer, but I, I kind of, I do not like censorship. I do not like whether it's a book, a movie, a television show. I don't like other people like just don't watch it or whatever. Right. Okay. We won't get into that too much, but my point about this is uh, the wild, wild west, um, was pretty violent and it was doing very, very well in the ratings. And this is a show that basically uh, CBS kind of, they, they canceled it, not because of a ratings thing, not because of budget or money or anything like that, but basically they, they were told to eliminate some of the violent shows from their network. And they kind of offered the wild, wild West up as a sacrificial lamb a bit. I'm not sure if there were other shows at the time, but, um, you know, they they just were really getting a, a huge amount of pressure to drop, you know, violent. And you couldn't really do this show without that. I mean, they tried it, like I said, some episodes, but it, it just doesn't really work. Um, it, it's it's <laughs> it's just I, I mean, it, I think the Batman 60 show could get away with it more because it's guys in weird leotards and tights and, and they have bam, pow and stuff. But but westerns and with guns and things like that, I, I I could I could see I could understand it a little bit. Um, and honestly, you know, I watch this show and I think about it and 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 compared to like what we have sometimes now in TV and movies, and I wouldn't say it's tame or anything like that, but it's it's not uh, it's not anything like it is these days. And also, the violence is kind of like in somewhat impersonal like you don't really you don't really like uh, you know you don't see blood you don't see you know you don't really see people get hurt that badly even people being shot that it, it's kind of you it's even then you don't really see it that much so it, it's a little off stage somewhat but any uh, that's just my two cents i mean everyone has their own opinions about this kind of stuff but i just wanted to mainly mention it because of the fact that that's what really drove the show off the air after four seasons if they probably didn't have that violence and that pressure they probably would have done more although i, I i'm reading and stuff you know i think the stars were kind of 
had had enough at that point. It was a hard show to do, as I've mentioned. Uh, and I, th- I think they, they felt like it kind of had run its course. Um, there were, you know, there were a few exceptions, but there were a lot of shows back in that era that did not last like, you know, 10 seasons or eight seasons. There was a couple of older shows that lasted for a long time, but three, four seasons, that, that was about typical. Um, but, um, I want to play one more little clip for you. This is just kind of a fun one where, um, Jim West and Artemis are captured like they were always pretty much one or both of them were captured like every episode or multiple times captured and they would get out of it. This one I just kind of find humorous because there's this, there's always kind of uh, a lot of, a little bit of Star Trek kind of flavor, but a lot of times they would, they would end up finding there'd be a girl involved somehow. She would be maybe like working with the bad guy, but then they would kind of charm her. So that's what's going on in this scene a little bit. They're, they're kind of chained up to this wall, both of them. And, and this girl comes to, to see them and, 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 and Jim West kind of charms her to, to get them, you know, to get the, out of this situation. So listen to this and then I'll come back and wrap things up. Now take it and put it in the lock and press the button on the end of the pencil. <laughs> What'll happen if I do? There'll be a big light. Like fireworks. Honest? Honest. Oh, that'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there you go. There's a brief rundown on the Wild Wild West. Uh, Great show from the 60s. If you're fan of like you know just fun stuff action adventure romance uh great music uh gadgets james bond type style uh westerns obviously but yeah and uh it's just just a lot of fun so uh, on the you can i just checked it on amazon right now they um they have a complete series set of dvds it doesn't look like it's ever been done on blu-ray which is unfortunate um, but, um, DVDs for only like 35 bucks. That's a bargain. That's a total bargain to get the whole series, 104 episodes for like 35 bucks. And yeah, so check that out. They've had other sets that have been on there at different times. They had this one cool one that was sort of in a, a box, like a train car uh, that was out several years ago. I, I don't think you can really get that. I think that's out of print that version, but but as far as just watching it, that's one way. The I didn't see anything. I looked on one of these things I have to look up if I, it's on any streaming service. I, I, I suppose possibly Roku maybe uh, on the Roku channel. I don't know how. The one quick one that I checked said it wasn't any on any streaming anywhere right now. Uh, but it's it's definitely shown up at times. Um, there's this cable channel if you still have cable like I do, called Heroes and I. Icons is that what it's called? Heroes and Icons, I think. They've shown older shows like this. They showed the Black Sheep show I was talking about earlier. They've shown some of um, older series like that. Um, the old Green Hornet they've shown uh, from the '60s. Ooh, that's a cool show. I need to talk about that sometime. I should do that. Um, all right, let us finish this up though. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Robert Conrad, Ross Barton. My hats off to you. My little cowboy hat or my my uh, fedora. Uh, to, to making such a great show for all of us to enjoy. 
the next couple of weeks, let's see, next week Mark will be here. He's going to do a, a show, a guest cast next weekend. And then in two weeks, the plan would be, that'll be uh, Labor Day weekend here in the States. I will be doing a live cast uh, over via over Twitch, I think. I'll put details up on that on the Facebook group. Um, and yeah, so that's what's coming up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, a little further out, Jen and I are going to do a show. Jen from the Anomaly Podcast and I are going to do another show together in September. It'll be about a show called Continuum and also a little bit about just time travel TV shows and things in general. Because Continuum, if you know that sci-fi show, it, it was a time travel uh, connected or whatever inspired show, we'll say. So we're going to do a show in September together. We did a show uh, a while back on the series Alias, so that'll be fun, and that'll be in September. So anyway, everyone, I'm going to get out of here, go have some lunch, and then edit this up and get it posted today. So everyone, take care of yourselves. Again, please get vaccinated if you haven't. Uh, it's the logical thing to do, and uh, I'll talk to everybody again soon. Oh, also, the other show that I'm watching, uh, two other shows, I don't know why I didn't say it, but talk about these earlier, that are really good. What If, the new Marvel show that's on, it's an animated thing on um, uh, Disney, uh, Disney Plus, that's great. And also Lower Decks is back, of course, on Paramount Plus. Uh, th that's an animated Star Trek show that you probably have heard about. Actually, I just did a show about it a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, so uh, they've had a couple of new episodes out, and yeah, it's been fun. So, all right, everyone, take it easy. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's show, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
This has been a Wego Dusty podcast production.